0: And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here on the phone with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm delightful. It's a beautiful day. We've had about a foot of snow in the last three or four days, and it's just all white and pretty and sunny out that couple of days we get before the next snow comes. So, uh, kind of enjoying it. <laughs>
1: Well, good. You know, I was thinking about you asked how has the day been going and well, for me, there's not a lot of judging eyes out there. So, it's going really well. But I was thinking, what if we had to live every day with one of those big behavior charts hanging over our our lives as adults and how would that feel? Oh my god, I would always on guard watching for the Paper clip, not the, the little clip to move. Yeah, the clothespin down to the next level.
0: I would, I would constantly be on yellow or red. We, we volunteered. Tasha and I volunteered in a in a local kindergarten, and there's there's one little girl. I, I remember we were there for about a year with her, the whole school year, and she was just constantly down there. And to me, she was one of the most energetic, dynamic, creative kids in the room. But she wasn't good at jumping through the right hoops to be on green, and it was it was miserable for her and miserable for the teacher and and Heather, there's got to be a different a better way, huh
1: yeah, well, you know i I write books about renegade approaches, so i 'd be unread the whole time. <laughs> You know, it's some of the, you said one of the more active, interesting, creative kids. I mean, they're all interesting if you get them in the right zone and the right comfort spot. But really, it's some of the ones that have these amazing, off the wall ideas that are going to have interesting ideas for the future, too, unless we squelch them too much.
0: Exactly. So,
1: you know, I think the adults are really wanting some. Uh, level of containment and control so that if you've got a big group of kids, you can work with them or play with them or whatever you're trying to do with them. But behavior charts, it's just not the right avenue to go down. And I know a lot of people, both parents and teachers, are comfortable with behavior charts. So I thought we should just dive into this very popular tool a little bit and explain why we think they're just absolutely terrible.
0: And then after that, maybe we could talk about alternatives? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, let's do that. Well...
1: So... A behavior chart, when I see it on the wall, it, it can look different ways, and maybe you've seen some good ones, but I mean good as in funny, interesting, not as in let's put them up all over the place. Mm-hmm. But normally, it's a stop sign where there's green is good and yellow is you're kind of getting into danger zone, and then red is you've hit the bottom, fella, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you seen some ones that are, have a different method I, and use?
0: I saw one that of? was a. It was like a superhero one. And if you were you are a superhero, you were you were green. And if I don't know if you were a villain or just a, a normal citizen, you were on the other other end of it. So I've seen. I think that was on Pinterest. Somebody tried to put that spin on them. And you
1: lost your superhero powers. Yeah, that you got. yeah, terrible. that kind of
0: thing. And I mean, they use they use the clothespins and they use the popsicle sticks that are different colors. And I've seen I mean the standard ones I see are just the, like the stoplight colors. But then I've seen some that go into detail. Like there's red and there's purple and there's blue. It is like the the rainbow, and, and each right. one of those the is a variation. Ones. And, you
1: have. More gradients of being bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you can, you, can, you can know really specifically how bad you are. And it, it's just, it would be so exhausting for me as a teacher with a class of 20 or 30 kids trying to, trying to just, just manage that throughout the day, let alone try to teach mm-hmm. anything.
1: Right, and then they also do these things now, because we're so modern, they've taken behavior charts into the digital world with avatars, and so kids get good little, like, extra wigs or hats or whatever they want for their avatar character if they're good. And if they don't, they don't get to dress up their character in dress-up clothes.
0: Um, a lot of, yeah. lot, of, lot of energy getting burnt on, on this, isn't there?
1: Yeah, by the adults. So when I see <laughs> a big old behavior chart on a wall, I think, number one, we need to change some behavior and the behavior we need to change is the adult.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely.
1: So let's get into why. I mean, I think people got the message now that neither of us is keen (laughs) 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 on behavior charts. But let's get some nitty-gritties because um, people are really looking for that, I think. One thing I find is why we shouldn't do them is they don't work. Um, They don't work for a lot of reasons. So... One is they're vague. If if, if a kid um, is put on red from yellow, for example, mm-hmm. they often don't know what the heck they did. Yeah. Sometimes they have an idea, but often they don't know what specifically they did to get them in trouble. They mm-hmm. know one thing for sure. I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm a bad kid. But they don't know, oh, I poked my neighbor, or oh, I... I talk too loudly, or whatever it might be. They don't. They're not given often the specific information. And even if the adult says specifically, this is what you just did, they're so caught up in watching their humiliation and their their little popsicle stick moving to red, they're not really paying attention to what the behavior was. And so there's no hope to change it in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: for, vague.
0: It's it's really vague, and I mean that doesn't. And I mean, a lot of the only information they get from it is the adult's tone of voice. When when the the clip or the whatever it is gets moved on on the chart, I mean, some of that's the only only actual actionable information they're getting. She's got an angry voice on. I must have done something bad, and so right. there's no there's no place to go from there for most kids. And-
1: Right, and it depends on the child, but a lot of kids feel this very intensely, and the humiliation and and the I'm in trouble stuff is just, that's what's flooding their brains. They can't cope with anything else. Yeah. Um, They don't work for a lot of reasons. Here's another one. The same kids end up on red every day.
0: Absolutely. Or
1: every week or whatever it is. So it's targeted against these kids. It's not changing their behavior, but it's targeting them. The good kids are always sailing by on green or whatever mm-hmm. the color of the day is. So it's not really changing any behavior in the classroom. It's just targeting some kids as you're always going to be bad and the other ones is you're always good and the good ones aren't actually doing anything different or special they're just being themselves also yeah
0: they're good. they're good at conforming yeah the little girl i mentioned at the beginning i mean 3 quarters half qu- a quarter the second day i don't know into the school year she she came to the understanding well this is this is who i am and this is where i'm going to be let's uh, make the best of it and if it it it, it probably did more to reinforce her behaviors that were getting her the yellows and the reds than it did to to make her want to do anything to change them.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, I know a little guy who, he was so stressed by the behavior chart system mm-hmm. that he, um, he would, in the first few minutes of school, do everything he could to land on red as soon as possible. <laughs>
0: Just to get it out of the way.
1: Get it out of the way because otherwise it's hanging over you. You know it's going to happen. That axe is going to come down on your head. Yeah, you just get it out of the way, and then he knew he was going to miss recess. I'm just going to uh-huh. get it out of the way now.
0: That's which brilliant.
1: Yeah. So he came up with a coping strategy. It wasn't Uh one maybe his teacher was hoping for. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a result a lot of kids feel is that this is stressful. I need to find a way. Just land me on red as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's another way it doesn't work. Um, And then there's that punishment aspect of the kids who maybe are getting on red because they're poking or wiggling or talking or you know They're bored because the teacher's presenting an inappropriate curriculum or, or the teacher's spending so much time trying to get everybody to sit still and getting other people in trouble that, that the group time just drags on yeah. for behavior reasons. So then they end up with loss of recess, loss of snack time, loss of whatever it is that they really need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think another one is, is just the time suck for th- not only the teacher, but the whole class managing it. Because you're you're gonna ha- no matter what, you're gonna have a handful, may- maybe two or three, maybe seven or eight kids that are that are always vying between the bottom couple rungs on the uh, on the behavior chart and just make just just orchestrating all of that is is a, a, a terrible suck of time from a, a class that's probably already over scheduled to start with.
1: Right, which may be one of the reasons there's quote behavior problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know these charts don't work because they're not um, giving children skills. They're not. Kids need guidance to gain skills. You know, impulse control is a developing aspect, um, but you you can help kids along that path. You can help them um, do any kind of skill to help change their behavior, they need practice controlling their emotions. They need practice dealing with conflict. And if it's just move your, your popsicle stick from one spot to another, that's not getting real practice with conflict and emotions and, and impulse control. That's just moving little sticks around. It doesn't help the kids. What they really need help with, what they really need that adult guidance for, is dealing with these difficult things. So it this system doesn't give the kids any practice or guidance with true skills to change long-term behavior.
0: Yeah, it's not going to it's not good. you know, maybe if uh, if once they left school and and went out and got jobs there was also a behavior chart there. Maybe it would it, there would maybe maybe there'd be a transferable skill, but can you imagine trying to use one of these charts in a in a office situation with with grown adults? It would <laughs> How long would that last?
1: Right. Or even in your own family, you know, you could do it for your kids, but what would happen if... If um you did it to your spouse, yeah, or yeah exactly. I mean, oh boy, I forgot to pick up the milk today, or you know, <laughs> you'd just be on red before you started the day.
0: I would totally be like that that little kid you mentioned. I would I would rush to red as fast as I could so I could get on with the day. Yeah, it's it's just there's so much there. I I think um you know if you really wanna wanna dig into some of this, Elfie uh, Cohen's book uh, "Punished by Rewards" has got a lot in it, right. in it that covers covers these topics a lot dif- different a lot more in depth. There's there's a lot going on here with, with behaviorism and, uh, and punishments and re- rewards, isn't there?
1: Right. And, you know, people are human beings. They're not things you put stickers on mm-hmm. to uh, reward and punish their behavior. I think Alfie Cohn's stuff on this is fantastic. Um, rewards tend to get people say, oh, well, they work, because they can get short-term results that lo- kind of look clean and cute and controlled, but they don't actually do anything long-term. Um, and they don't give the kids the real growing and learning they need.
0: Yeah. yeah and you, you mentioned the stress for the, for the kids on the, uh, the bottom rungs of that chart, but it can also be a stressful experience for the kids who, who are on the, on the other end that I've got to behave and I've got to keep this good mark and I, I can't. I can't exert myself or act out or, or, or do anything that might risk this. There's a, there's a lot of stress and anxiety going on on, on that end of it for, for some that kids. That is
1: true. The ones that are striving so hard to be perfect. And, you know, humans really need to be uh, human, (laughs) which means we're not perfect. And so many kids feel that stress. Stress and anxiety are huge among growing kids today. And I think they feel like they have to be perfect and get into the right college, you know, when they're in preschool. And that all has to – it's that same sort of pressure of never doing anything wrong.
0: Yeah, and I mean, some kids, they're just a green kid, and they're always going to be happy, and they're always going to be, be uh, conforming and listening, and it j- it j- that's just who they are, and it's not, not any big thing for them. But most kids, there's, there's something else going on there, and, and it pushes and pulls against their their natural instinct to, you know, behave like humans who have moods and emotions and behaviors and, and challenges.
1: Yeah. And, and for that, um, I'm glad you brought up the, the stress on, quote, the perfect kids. But for the, ba- the, the bad kids, the red kids, um, they get this, if they're landing on red a lot, they think, I'm a bad kid. They internalize that. The teacher doesn't like me. I'm no good. School is not a place for me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when you're coming to those conclusions and you're four and you're five and you're six, and you got twelve more years of schooling to go. I mean, this is a really bad mindset. <laughs> it's going to be a long path to walk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're coming to the conclusion that this this school business is just not for me, and you're that little, and you're that young, and you've decided that, uh, that that spells bad news for for the whole family and that child and all those years to come, and the teachers.
0: Yeah, another thing, another problem I have with with these charts is a lot of times, and maybe it doesn't start out this way, but a lot of the things kids are getting – I'm just going to say, punished for on on the charts are developmentally appropriate th- actions. I mean, the kids who are fidgeting, the kids who have a hard time sitting still, the h- kids who have a hard time staying quiet. A lot of times, that's just developmentally where they are. I need to move. I need to use my voice. And so we have these unrealistic expectations for for these young human beings, and 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 so we try to try to uh, control that with with popsicle sticks. And it it just seems it, it seems wrong. Uh Dan Hodgins likes to say that uh we need to stop making moral issues out of developmental ones. And I think these charts uh play a big part in that in some classrooms.
1: Absolutely. Um you know, when there are behavior charts, it as I said, the adult behavior needs to change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that means the curriculum needs to change. Um, and the expectations need to change so that what is developmentally appropriate is aligned with what the expectations in the classroom are. Um, so if, if kids need to move and they're getting in trouble for moving, well, that's that's bad on the teacher. The teacher needs to recognize that movement is appropriate and needs to find a way to either create some space so that that movement can happen, allow some kids who need to move maybe to move in the back of the classroom, or just incorporate more play and movement into the day so the kids can get their basic developmental needs met and not be punished for just growing and living and being who they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think also some teachers are forced into using these torture devices, these tools <laughs> in their classrooms, because that's the way the teaching team um, in their pod or whatever they're calling it around the school, it, it's been dictated from above. Um the the mm-hmm. principals decided or it's a district wide thing or or all of the the K through uh, third grade programs are are using this method to to try to bring some continuity. And if you're a classroom teacher and you're you're forced to use this thing that you don't agree with, it. I mean, we can probably talk really about that radical. in the next episode. There's there's probably workarounds, so it makes it look like you're using it. Um, but but yeah, it's it's gotta it's gotta get under your skin. I've I've met a uh, uh, plenty of teachers who are who are in situations like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that comes down to that we um, do teacher training and and, um, continuing education with groups of people, but not uh, up and down the ladder. So maybe we're talking to teachers, but then we don't have the administrators in on that conversation. Yeah. Because we all need to be learning and getting out of these habits together, and we need support from each other. So if you're planning a conference or something, planning a teacher training, invite people who you might not normally invite so that we can, you know, invite the licensing people, invite the administrators so that we can change culturally together rather than fighting against each other as adults, because it just hurts the kids and creates stress on the adults too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, shall we... Should we pull the plug on this one and then come back and talk about alternatives or what do you want to do, Heather? We're coming up on our usual yeah, kind mean, of break I time. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: there's a lot of reasons why these charts don't work. If you're trying to change one quick thing and you're going to use some sort of chart or sticker or whatever just for one, making one small change and then get rid of that, that could work from time to time. But, you know, it's not something to rely on and it, and these uh, the reasons they don't work and the amount of stress they cause is, is, um, it's sort of this great secret nobody talks about. So we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I,
0: I think a lot of people have, I mean, even parents I've talked to, they have this gut feeling that there's just something wrong with these things, this process. And they, they, they kind of maybe don't voice it and stuff. So, so maybe after listening to this, some, some parents out there will have, uh, have the, uh, the, the backing maybe yeah. they need to speak up to uh, and ask administrators and, and teachers about these things and, and why they're used in the classrooms.
1: Yeah, and it's a hard thing to do, but if something is bothering you and you feel in your gut it's not right, listen to that voice. Yeah. Because usually our guts really line up with child development.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to pull the plug on this one. We'll be back real soon with another episode and uh, continue on with this conversation about behavior charts. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Bye bye. Bye bye. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Schumacher. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh,